Growth Igniters Radio, Episode 6, How Executives Can Boost the Power of Their Personal Brand. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of growth on the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. Welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right across from me is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Pam. It's wonderful to be here with you today. And I'd like to remind everybody that the purpose of Growth Igniters Radio is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for leaders to take themselves and their companies to the next level of success. So, Pam, what's on our agenda for today? Boosting your personal brand as an executive. You know, we are strong advocates of personal branding as a way for others to better understand you as an executive, me as an executive, you and and the value that we all provide. And I think it's so important. And I advocate very strongly for this. Yet, it's really interesting, and you know this, that we still encounter doubters about personal branding. And even those who embrace the concept realize that there are a lot of components to it. Uh, But there are certain aspects of personal branding that really need careful attention. And that has a lot to do with getting the word out the right way. That's right. So that's why we're fortunate to have Dan Janelle with us. He is founder and president of PR Leads, Expert Resource Network, and is one of the founding fathers of internet marketing and publicity. Dan has helped a wide range of authors and small business owners become thought leaders so they can accelerate their growth. He's an expert on branding of all kinds. Well, and yes, and in full disclosure, I have to say that I have worked with him for a number of years, right after I published uh, Preventing Strategic Gridlock. And he's helped me get my word out even before that when I think about it. A wonderful resource, and I'm so delighted to have him with us. Dan, welcome. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's talk about this whole idea of personal branding. I mean, I'm in favor of it. Scott's in favor of it. Why do you think executives need to build their brand? Executives are celebrities. We live in a celebrity adoring world today and there's no getting around it in fact i was watching an old uh, episode of stephen colbert the other day and he said it's wonderful to be a celebrity why wouldn't everyone want to be a celebrity and he's right i mean we're taught from the beginning of our of our days you know don't toot your own horn the japanese have a saying as well that the the tall nail gets hammered down so right. one of our limiting beliefs probably is you know be modest uh, don't don't mm-hmm. boast but we know that there are people who do boast, and we, we generally look down on those people. And that's a shame, because there's a good way of boasting and a bad way of boasting. Uh, the bad way of boasting is to say, hey, I'm great. Look at me. I'm wonderful. No one And you are not. <laughs> and you are not. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so what we want to do is position ourselves as experts or thought leaders where we are sharing content that helps enrich other people's lives, whether it be business lives or personal lives or entertainment. And in that way, we become a valuable resource to them, and they want to 
help us along the way. That's really the goal here. Now we want to have a big name because big names get promoted, big names get hired, big names get sourced by uh, headhunter firms to be presidents and CEOs of other companies. So if you're sure. living under a rock and you're hiding your intellectual property <laughs> and you're not sharing your value, then these headhunters and other executive search committees won't know about you and you will languish. Also, if you don't toot your own horn in your own company, no one else in your company will know that you're actually doing wonderful, wonderful things. They'll know that other people are taking credit for your wonderful, wonderful things, and they'll get promoted. And then you'll wonder, how come I'm not getting ahead of my career? So that's why every executive should look at increasing their own executive branding potential. Well, that that's certainly true. Now, for the CEO, I mean, where are you going to be promoted? Think about that. Oh, oh, to another company. Yes. You get hired away and... from one company to another company. You, you get asked to serve on other boards of directors that pay mm -hmm. lots of money and have uh, uh, meetings right. in Tahiti. So mm -hmm. the, the, you get asked <laughs> to write books. You can you get asked to speak at conferences and you raise your fee. There are lots of perks along the way, especially yes. for CEOs. The important thing is you want to get the word out. You don't, you want, well, first of all, you want to have something to say. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's the base level. You have to have something to say, um, and then you need to get the word out. So I think we should approach it from that level as opposed to are you going to be the next Prince or Rock Hudson or uh, Bono or, or Justin Bieber? I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, Jack Welch had a personal PR person. John Scully had a personal PR person. So don't think that we are uh, creating something that's new or revolutionary or out of the ordinary. And it goes back to Lee Iacocca and even before that, Henry Ford, I suppose. But uh, what's new? In, in the world of personal branding, and, and what are some of the new imperatives that may not have been back in the Iacocca and Welsh days? Great question. I think back in the Iacocca and Welsh days, there were only three major television networks, and there were a couple of national newspapers and a couple of magazines that were worth reading by executives at that level. And now, everyone is a publisher. You know, the internet has changed everything. So there aren't just three television stations anymore. There are cable channels as well with 24-7 news and 24-7 business news. There are websites. There are blogs. There are easy ways for you to get the word out, whereas before you had to pass through a gatekeeper at those very, very few media outlets that mattered. Now there are thousands of media outlets that could potentially matter depending on who you are and who your audience is and what you're trying to affect. I mean, you may want to affect people just inside your own company. So I was going to say that, yes. So one of the things that I found that's very important as far as PR goes is making sure that whatever is communicated to the outside world is also something that employees and people who are close to you, your close-in stakeholders, shall we say, see consistently. What do you think? Of course, that, that, that's a given. Uh, you can't be duplicitous, especially in today's world with social media, because every memo was leaked, every 
every meeting is recorded and sent out over as an MP3. Every offhand remark is tweeted out. I, I think someone was, uh, the famous case, the pre a uh, top executive or president of AOL made a disparaging remark during a board meeting, and that was tweeted out. And the next thing you know, he either apologized or was fired, whatever, I forget. But it did not look good for him or for AOL. So assume that there's absolutely no privacy today. So what you tell your internal audience is what the external audience should be seeing and vice versa. If there's any discrepancy, you'll find one disgruntled person at your company who will set the record straight and that will be the end of it. It certainly it will, looks like it'll be the end of Brian Williams's career. There's always one person who knows the real story and they are just chomping at the bit to get it out and there's never been easier to get the message out there. In addition to uh, that pitfall of potentially inconsistency or gaffes that can be leaked, there's the risk of overwhelm. How do you, how do you get past that? Overwhelm is a very real issue, but it doesn't have to be. That's because you don't have to be on every single social network. You don't have to be on every single blog. You don't have to be everywhere. You only have to be where your audience is. And that means the audience that you want to influence. So for some of you, it might be LinkedIn. That might be the only social network that really matters to you. Let's say you're the CEO of a uh, cooking company or the co a company in the food industry, then Instagram or Pinterest may be of key interest to you because you want to put pictures of your baked goods and your products and people enjoying uh, your products and such like that and recipes. So that may be the best social network for you. So it really depends on who you are and who you want to influence and where those people hang out. And if you look at it that way, then you don't have to worry about 500 different social media networks and 500 different video sharing channels. You just need to triage on the ones that really matter the most. And of course, we've all heard of the 80-20 principle, the Pareto principle, that probably applies here as well. Okay, well, I think it also uh, very much depends on the culture of your company to a certain extent. I mean, when you're a gang of one or two, uh, you have a lot of choices. As you get to be in a larger company, and we deal with a lot of mid-market companies, uh, you start getting others involved who are saying, do we, do we want to appear here? Do we need a social media strategy? And, you know, these are issues for another day, and we hope you'll come back. But uh, it, it sounds like what we're really saying at this point is there are a lot of advantages, the benefits far outweigh the risks, there are tremendous opportunities, and we really have to be very clear about who we're trying to reach, and what's going to reach them best. What do you think? <laughs> That's very true. You also bring up you also bring up another interesting point here. Is it the company's message or is it your own personal message? So uh, I think we're talking about personal branding. We are and talking about personal branding. branding. Uh, you very well would be in alignment with the company's principles and goals and such like that, but your perspective is slightly different because you become the creator of the content and your name's attached to it. It's your thought leadership. It's you being the star. And of course, you might be using the company as uh, a branding tool for you because if you're working for a name brand company, that's that's helping you build your credibility. So it plays off of each other. So I suppose at some level, you would talk to your PR people or uh, executive committees, communication committees, and say, you know, what can I do? What can't I do? What can I say? Where can I go? Because some companies are very strict about their own policies. We're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Dan Janelle about personal branding 
for executives, and we'll get into some specific success stories about how they did it. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. If you like what you're hearing, go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode six, and use the share links at the top right to tell your communities all about us using hashtag growthigniters. Subscribe and write reviews on iTunes or Stitcher. We also welcome your questions and thoughts about future topics for Growth Igniters Radio through the link on growthignitersradio.com. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're talking with Dan Janelle, founder and president of PR Leads and an expert on branding about how executives can benefit from building their personal brand. Dan, how can people find you? Very simple. PRLeads.com will get you all the information you need to get started to build your own personal brand. Okay. And you have a book too, right? Sure. I have a book called Reporters Are Looking For You, and the best place to get that is probably Amazon.com. Okay. Well, we've talked about why it's increasingly important for executives to build a personal brand. Can you give some examples of executives who've been successful at doing this? Sure. I think they, they have one thing in common. They have a key message that they want to get out, and they can deliver that message in many, many different ways to many different platforms, that is social media platforms or media platforms, and they just keep on doing it and they never ever stop. And I think if uh, we look at uh, sports stars or music stars or the people in the world of entertainment, they never stop either. Fortunately, the riches are in the niches because when you look at micro segments, you can become a very big man on campus or big woman on campus, so to speak. Um, because the world is a smaller marketplace and it's easier to get publicity and easier to get seen there. So I think the first thing to realize is to overcome limiting beliefs about, gee, uh, I'm not in the front, the front page of the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, I'm nobody. No, you don't have to be there. You can be on the front page of a trade magazine uh, and you're, that goes out to all of your people and then you're, you're a celebrity or you write a column for that magazine or website on a regular basis and then you become a celebrity there or you join their board of directors or board of advisors these are all things that have been done for many 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 years we're just codifying them and saying okay these are accessible for you to do so um i remember when jack welch was still at ge he was writing a column on the back uh, one of the back pages uh, of forbes magazine when i say the back page it was like the inside back cover so it was a very prominent position so he was already planning his escape at that point and when his book came out it became a huge bestseller because he was mm -hmm. well known to the readers of forbes because he was expanding his footprint so that that's just one example Dan, uh, you've mentioned some big names. What about some mid-market or, or smaller executives? Can you think of any of those folks who you can cite as a success story? The, the examples are easy to come by. I can't name names for confidentiality. And frankly, a lot of my clients are authors and independent consultants and such, so they're not exactly uh, working inside companies. But I did have a client who I was working with as an independent coach and consultant at the beginning of the recession. And he had been downsized and wanted to build up his practice. So we, we worked on a number of 
social media strategies for him, including YouTube, including creating white papers, including getting the word out on LinkedIn and creating uh, links on uh, uh, with other people on LinkedIn, joining groups on LinkedIn that were full of people who were in his target audience, posting information and in white papers and information from those white papers onto those LinkedIn pages so he could build up his own uh, network and his profile. And also, the more people who are engaged with you, the higher your ranking goes, the, the more clout score you have, the more Google respects you, because Google does not treat all links equally. If you have a higher perceived value, if you are seen as an influencer in the eyes of Google, then they rate your links in your comments higher than someone who isn't. It's, uh, it's amazing how smart they are. It's amazing how influential Google is today and will be going forward in the future. So here's the funny part about that story. Uh, he wasn't making ends meet, so he took on a part-time consulting job with GE. I think it was the medical services division. Really doesn't matter, but uh, just to show you that it's a true mm -hmm. story. Right. Uh, and he was a Six Sigma expert, and uh, they liked him, and they liked what he was publishing, and he kept on publishing. They said, oh, you can keep on publishing like that. It's okay. We don't mind it. So now he was publishing, and he could use GE's name uh, as part of his byline, which increased his credibility and his visibility. And it didn't hurt GE either to have someone who's smart dispensing information with their name on it. So one hand mm -hmm. washed the others. Well, as time went on, they liked him so much, they kept on, they said, you know, instead of working three days a week, why don't we work five days a week? Instead of, you know, working for this, uh, why don't we raise your salary? Why don't we just make it impossible for you to leave? <laughs> so uh, he's full-time with them and has a long contract and he's very happy, so he's not an independent consultant anymore. But I kept on talking to him and uh -huh. saying, you know, you really need to keep on doing this because one day, you could get downsized. One day, the company could go in a different direction. One day, you might want to go in a different direction. And that exactly. way, you'll have your network built up on social media. So when you do make the move, or if a headhunter does call, you would say, mm -hmm. you know, maybe it is time. Let's explore the water. So he, uh, I, I don't know that he's still building his personal brand, but that would have been my recommendation back then. We've lost touch. But uh, it definitely started him in the right direction. Well, sure. And in fact, I mean, just personally, uh, I found that when I put my energies into being out there, then good things happen. And you have you can't wait. You cannot wait until you need it. It's something that has to be building all the time. You have to constantly be refreshing it with something new and something different. So, and you've it's, taught me that. So, you know. yeah, it, it, it really is. It really is amazing. Like, no one can rest on their laurels. I mean, John no. Grisham does book tours. Stephen King does book tours. I mean, all these people, they constantly have to be out there. The public has a very, very short memory and attention span. So, if you're not constantly interrupting them and showing them with something new and something different and something that helps them, then they will mm -hmm. just as soon tune you out. Well, the good news is there's always something new that's going on every day. I mean, there's always something new that if you are a thought leader, you have the ability to talk about. So there are ample opportunities to be out there. Exactly. Let me share one strategy with you. It's called piggybacking, or uh, on the web these days, they're called, calling it newsjacking. Same thing. We've been doing it for a million years. Basically, there's a story that appears in the paper, and you offer your perspective on it. For example, the Grammys were the other day, and I wrote a, a, 
a blog post about it called Seven Marketing Lessons from the Grammys, like with the sound of marketing. Uh, and mm-hmm. I've got a lot of great feedback mm-hmm. from it already. So I basically looked at the Grammys and said, okay, here's a marketing lesson. Oh, here's how they did this. I can learn this from that, whatever. It works. Uh, we can look at any story that's in the headlines today and how does it relate to your company or what or your field of uh, expertise, and you will find an angle. Uh, in fact, I've created a, a Uh, a name for it. I I call it the magic hammer theory of publicity because Abraham Maslow, the famous psychologist, said if you have a hammer, then the whole world is a hammer. I take that to mean no matter what the topic is, or rather, excuse me, no matter what the question the reporter is asking, the answer is my topic. So if you approach any question from that point of view, you will find a direct link to how your expertise can enhance that news article. And think about it. Every reporter writes the same articles every single week, month, or year. They work on an editorial calendar, and they know there's like there's the back-to-school issue, there's the earnings issue, there's the uh, trade show issue, um, their, uh, their tax issue, uh, and on and on and on. So every month they do these things. And you just have to be ahead of the curve and say, okay, three months from now, they're going to do the uh, the big convention is coming up. What are the big stories of the big convention? What are the big trends for this year? What are the big uh, news items or new products uh, that are going to be seen at this convention? Let me write an article about it. Let me write a blog about it. So right. you, know, you, you, you piggyback off of that. And that's how you become a thought leader. Or one of the ways you become a thought leader. Well, one of the ways. Idea. I mean, we're just, we're just, uh, just tipping into it here. And in fact, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Dan Janelle about immediately useful steps, just as we've been talking about, that you can take to build and strengthen your own personal executive brand. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful companies to accelerate to the next level of innovation and growth. On the web at businessadvance.com. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're talking with Dan Janelle, founder and president of PR Leads and an expert on branding about how executives can benefit from building their personal brand. Dan, how can people find you? PRLeads.com. Perfect. Okay. Well, in the first and second segments, we've been talking about why it's so important for executives to build their personal brand. Right. And we're also talking about ways that you can do it. Let's talk about a few more. You just began to uh, tell us about something. Okay. I would be remiss if I didn't do a little <laughs> self-promotion myself. So allow me this. I want to be quoted by the regular media because they still have all the credibility in the world. Okay. Um, Wait a minute. I need to so- stop you here, Dan. What is regular mm-hmm. media? Regular oh, media. mainstream media, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Business Week, uh, television shows, uh, okay. the things that 99% of uh, Americans watch. But the, the media, as opposed to the internet media, the social media, so we're talking about ABC, NBC, Fox, MSNBC, CNN, we're talking about the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Business Week, Forbes, Fortune, you know, the traditional media that we grew up with. Uh, that's what I'm talking about here. So my service basically puts you in touch with those reporters who are working on articles, they need to find experts like you to quote. So it really is 
grabbing the low-hanging fruit. So uh, this is the fastest and easiest way to get publicity in the traditional media. The second step, I think, is to write articles for the traditional media. And believe it or not, that's becoming easier and easier all the time because Forbes and other magazines uh, want articles from experts because their readers want a diverse number of opinions and ideas. So not every magazine does this. So, I mean, the New Yorker or New York Magazine, they have their own staffs and so does Business Week. But Forbes and other publications are taking literally dozens of articles every week on a regular basis from experts like you and me and publishing them. And those articles are being found on Google. Um, and when you look for, say, customer service expert, you'll see a Forbes columnist is the number one person. He happens to be a professional speaker and author, and I'm sure he gets a lot of um, interest and a lot of views mm -hmm. that way because mm -hmm. he writes for Forbes. It's, it's, it's brilliant credibility building because he writes for Forbes. So that's for traditional media. We call that the earned media because you have to work hard to get the reporters to notice you, and then when they notice you, you've really earned that. Then there's social media, and that's where you tell people about your wonderful ideas. That's the Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, and you know a thousand others. Uh, and with that kinds of service, that's where you can you know, put one-liners out there, you can put articles out there, you can link to your articles, you can link to what people are saying about you. So you're really becoming a publisher. The same with blogging. Blogging is the easiest way to become your own personal publisher. So you can publish on your company's website or your own personal website. If you've written a book, then your book should have a website as well. And you just post your ideas and your thoughts and your opinions. This is where your news jacking or your piggybacking of the news can go as well. You can also pitch that to the media, but the media doesn't print everything you send. But on your blog, your blog prints everything because you're the publisher. And once you publish something, then you can promote that to your network through social media. When you're quoting the regular media, you can post that to your social media contacts as well. So it's a never-ending process of publishing. Dan, uh, mentioning blogging, there are what, 20 million blogs or something like that out there, a gazillion. Uh, how does someone who wants to blog break through some of the noise of, of all the other bloggers out there? How do you get noticed? Well, you have to realize, sure, well, you have to realize with the 20 million blogs, 19,915 are about Kim Kardashian. <laughs> so, so, so there are actually very few other blogs to compete with. Okay. That joke took a long time to, uh, to reach uh, my mouth to your ears. No, no, actually, you're asking a very legitimate question. In every niche, there are going to be competitors. But Brian Tracy said it best. You know, Brian Tracy, the master motivator, sales trainer, whatever. He said, the top person in every field at one time was the bottom person in every field. And that's because okay. no one was born inherently knowing everything there was to know about everything in your target market, so in your field of expertise, rather. So you had to learn, and you became smarter, and then you became you read a few books, you did some things, you did some case studies, mm -hmm. you, you you spent 20 years in the field or 10 years in the field. Now you know more than you did on day one. Well, that's a never-ending process, and we can always look at ourselves as sad sex and say, oh, there's someone who's smarter out there. There's someone who's better than me. And yeah, no matter which school we went to, there's always someone smarter than you. So we always mm -hmm. know that we're, we're not the number one in the class. Um, and that doesn't leave us when we go into the world of uh, becoming a thought leader. There's always going to be someone who's smarter, but we all have our different perspectives. And you, you know, it's interesting, though, Dan, to do that. 
Mm-hmm. Dan, you know, it's interesting to me is that the process of getting out there and writing articles uh, really gave me an opportunity to realize what I thought. Uh, I think that there are a lot of people who have no idea. They don't really value how smart they are because they don't sit and say, well, what do I think about this or what do I think about that? Uh, so having that opportunity and saying, I, I think I know a lot. I know I know a lot. Uh, and the people that we're dealing with are very self-confident, but they may not have thought about why their success is is there. You know, what did it take? And not just for me, but for anybody else, I've noticed that when they have that opportunity, they go, yeah, that's why I, 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 I'm so successful, because I did do this and I did do that. So it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity for any business leader, any CEO. And Pam, you, you bring up a really good point, because as Dan said earlier, the riches are in the niches. If you really focus, you can and think about why am I doing this and, and uh, come to that, that point where you're really condensing down, you can create a distinguishing niche for yourself and break out from the pack. Dan, do you agree with that? Oh, definitely. I, I think every or, or many, many experts uh, downplay the, their own expertise. They think that everyone knows what they know, except maybe some scientific researchers who are really you know, studying this and they know what else is in the literature. But uh, everyone else, uh, many, many people downplay what they know. They don't give it the same value that other people do, whereas they don't realize that the outside world actually does value exactly what they have, and they're willing to pay a lot of money for it because they're saving them time and uh, they value that expertise maybe more strongly than you do. Well, so you're making some excellent points, and Dan, these are these are so helpful. We are out of time for today, but we hope you'll come back and join us again because I think there's so much to this and such an important topic in terms of getting the word out, getting it out the right way, and all the opportunities that are going to emerge, not just the ones that exist, but the ones that are emerging. So we do hope you'll come back. Any last oh, thoughts? Thank you. Uh, well, Pam, well, first, I'd love to come back. Thank you very much. It's very kind of you. And yes, uh, the world is constantly changing. You really hit it on there. I mean, I wish the world wasn't changing so fast, but because, <laughs> you know, 30 years of experience is suddenly um, almost being washed out almost day by day and replaced by new strategies and new tactics and new ideas to deal with the new media and the way people consume that media. So... Uh, I study this. I live it. It's actually kind of fun. Again, you, have, you need to reframe yourself to say, gee, there are new opportunities out here instead of, oh my gosh, everything I know is wrong. It, it, as I said before, it's easier to get publicity now and it's easier to get through because we don't have the gatekeepers uh, sanctioning us anymore. It's easier to get through to our target markets and tell our story directly to our stakeholders and that people can hire us and give us uh, more money. And uh, uh, it's never been better. It really, it really is a great time to be in the self-promotion business. Very promising. Again, thank you. So join us next Wednesday when our guest will be Karen Eber Davis, a leading authority on income growth strategies for nonprofits who helps leaders fulfill their goals and create extraordinary impact. We'll be speaking with Karen about how for-profits and nonprofits can partner to create new value. Thanks for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, subscribe and review us on iTunes or Stitcher. Go to growthignitersradio.com and select Episode 6.
Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question. If you were to ask your colleagues what your executive brand is, what would they say? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.